Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It's so good to see you. Why do you look good today? Thank you. Somebody hung the sign up again, right? No ugly people allowed. You're all good-looking people here today. So good to see you. You say, Pastor Jeff, why, why did you do that? Because we're in a series called The Best Year of Your Life. And today we're going to talk about how to pray about your problems. And I just want you to know that prayer is not a magic trick. Many times we think, okay, if there's something that I could figure out, you know, what's the right button? And by the way, that table is still freaking me out. That's the second time I've saw that, and I still don't understand it, but uh, it's freaking me out. But, but anyway, it's just like mystical. We think prayer is mystical, magical. It's not. It's not that. Let me ask you before I get started, just to make sure that I'm going to be on tracking with you today. How many of you here in this room have a problem? Let me see your hand. Anybody besides me? Okay, all right. Now, don't look at them if they're beside you, all right? Okay, yeah. We have problems. And it problems like financial problems. Would you agree that when you got a financial problem, that's a problem? Amen. Problems like uh, not only financial problems, but we have problems like marital problems, and that's a problem. There's no problem like a relationship problem, right? You can have all the money in the world. But if you've got a problem in your, with a relationship, it does, it's, you're still unhappy. And so we can have problems such as, you know, health problems. And we can have problems with uh, our children, and we can have problems with our parents. We can have problems on our jobs. We can have problems with coworkers. So there's all kinds of problems that we can have. And so today we want to know, how do you pray about those? And that's what I want to talk to you about. And again, I said that prayer is not magic. There's one thing the Bible teaches us that is the equation to help us have our prayers answered, and that is faith. The Bible says you have to have faith. And so many times our problems are so big, it seems like our problems somehow gobble up our faith. You may have ever felt like that before, you know, like, man, I want to believe, but this is just so big. I've been there before. And so today, the question is, how do I, how do, I do that? What do I do about that? And, and, the, and the Bible is so good because it answers that question. If you look at it on your outline with me in, in uh, Romans 10 and 17, look what it says. It says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the what? The Word of Christ. The message is heard through the Word of Christ. And so today, as we begin to look at this, I want to tell you that you know, if your faith is little, if you feel like you've got a big problem in small faith, the first thing I would encourage you to do is get in God's Word. Because God's Word is what builds your faith. It's what helps your faith grow. It fuels your faith. Matter of fact, uh, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit's job is sort of help us in this area. And so if you look on your outline, I want to show you what the Holy Spirit's job description is. Look what Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 26. Jesus said this. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will what? Teach you. Why don't you say, teach me? Let's say, you ready? Teach me. Why don't you circle that phrase? You might want to go back to that. 
teach me all things and will what? Remind me. Won't you circle that? Remind you or remind me of everything. And so we see two things. He teaches you. He reminds you. And then the third thing is in the next uh, chapter, John 16 and 13, Jesus picks it up again. He said, but the spirit of truth comes. He will what? Guide you. Would you circle that? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. So in these two verses, we see the the job of the Holy Spirit of God. God's Spirit that speaks to us internally. And that is to teach you, remind you, and guide you. Why don't we say those three things, but let's make it personal and let's put me instead of you. Ready? Come on, let's say it together. You ready? Teach me, remind me, guide me. Come on, one more time. You ready? Teach me, remind me, and guide me. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And the reason I tell you that is because... God's Word is so powerful, and the Bible is given for everyone. So there's, there's two views of the Word of God. There is the general purpose of the Word of God, which is the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is for everybody. But, but sometimes there is a word that comes just to you, a personal word. And the Bible, the Greek word for that word is called rhema word. In other words, there's sometimes that God makes you a specific promise. A, he gives you something specific in your mind, in your heart, that you know is from God. And so today we want to talk about that. You say, Pastor Jeff, I don't know if I've ever experienced that. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been like sitting in a church service and then the pastor was speaking or someone, or there was a song that was sung or something like that, and then, you know, while it was happening, you felt like it was coming directly to you. Someone was talking directly to you. You ever had that feeling? Well, that is a word from God. God is speaking a rhema word to you. This for you. You know, people come and say to me sometimes, it's like, man, have you had a camera in my house? Has my husband called you? Has my wife called you? Has my children called you this week? They ask me those kind of questions. I'm like, yeah, watch out. No. No, I'm like, I wish I was that good. I really do. I wish I was. I'm not that good. What is it? It's the Holy Spirit that is teaching you and guiding you. What is he doing? He's giving a rhema word. He's teaching you, or he's reminding you, or he's guiding you. One of those three things is happening. And so I want to encourage you today. All right, so there's three things that I would like to share, or four things I'd like to share with you today about how to pray about your problems, okay? So we've got to know the right way to pray about a problem. We can't just assume that we're getting it right, especially if our problems are still there. So today we're going to talk about it. And so the first thing I'd like for you to write down is this word right here. You ready? Would you write this down? Confess any known sin. Confess any known sin. Would you write that down? Confess any known sin. Now, this is, a, this is an issue, okay, because when I say this, most people are like, okay, what does that mean? Here, let me break it down for you real simple. Any known sin is this, is that you ask this question, God, before you pray, Am I doing anything, is there, am I doing anything that you don't want me to do? Ask that question and listen. Am I doing any, is there anything, am I doing anything that you don't want me to do? And you just pause and then guess what? The Holy Spirit will teach you, remind you, or guide you. So something's going to come to your mind if that's the case. And so you confess it. If it comes to your, comes to your mind, you confess it and say, God, I'm sorry. And you intend not to do it anymore. Then the next question you ask is this, is God, is there something that you want me to do that I'm not doing? And then you stop and you ask that, you ask that question and you listen, God, is there anything that I'm not doing that you want me to do? And you ask that question. 
And so when you do that, you listen to God, and guess what? The Holy Spirit will teach you, remind you, and guide you. And so after you clear that up, once you clear that up, then guess what? You are clean. Everything between you and God is okay. It's all clear. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, the priests would go, before, before they went before God, they would get cleaned up. They would actually go take a bath before they go in the presence of God because they didn't want anything between them. And so, matter of fact, here's what their, uh, here's what their bathtub looked like. This is actually a picture of the Old Testament bath that the priests would go and take. Isn't it amazing? The bathtubs haven't changed a whole lot in all these years. Of it. Thousands of years, it still looks like that. You know, matter of fact, that's, that's coming back in. I mean, you know, the stone is coming back in. Uh, what it's, it goes to show you that, you know, uh, when you think something over, it'll come back, right? Keep all your clothes, young people, because it'll come back. You just hope you can fit in them then. <laughs> Amen. Been there. So, so today, understand this. So the Bible tells us that we have to get cleaned up. And so look at the next verse with me. The next verse that you will see is 1 John 1 and 9. It tells us how to do this. He says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and is just to forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us. You see that? Cleanse us from all wickedness. So understand this today. So when you go before God and you say, God, is there anything I'm doing that you don't want me to do? And if it comes to your mind, you say, God, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that I'm not doing it. I'll do it. Is there anything that I'm doing that you don't want me to do? Then you repent for that. And you say, I'm sorry. And with the intention of never doing that again... Or with the intention of start doing it. See what I'm saying? And as soon as you have that intention and you say, God, I'm sorry, you are clean. Now, why do you need to know that? Because some of you are still praying about the same things. You ask God to forgive you something. Something happened 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 1 year ago, 6 months ago. And you've asked God to forgive you. And guess what? You don't feel forgiven. And so therefore, every time you pray, you say, God, forgive me for that. I want you to know something. As soon as you confess that sin, you take a spiritual bath. And what that means is that when God looks at you, he doesn't see that sin in your life anymore. And a matter of fact, maybe God's rhema word to you today is this, is would you please stop reminding God of, of what happened in your past? Amen? I know every time something bad happens in your life, the devil will say, well, if you hadn't have done that, then you wouldn't be going through this. God's punishing you. No, he's not. Listen, God is the only one that can forget everything. He cleansed you. When you say, God, I'm sorry, he gave you a bath by his Holy Spirit, and he doesn't see that in your life anymore. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? Okay, so we get cleansed. Now, let me just say this to you today. Some of you are sitting here that are not Christ followers, so... You're still dirty between you and God. Things are dirty. So you got to get them straightened out. So how do you do that? I want to give you prayers inside of your program. I want to read it to you. And this is your first step, okay? Look what it says. You pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Now notice this part. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. That's how you know you're a Christian is when you want to do what God wants you to do instead of what you want to do. You know, you start doing what God wants you to do and you lay down your will for God's will. And so today, if that's you and you're, and you're reading this prayer and you say, that God, that's what I want. I want to be cleansed before you. You read that, pray it, make it yours. You believe it in your heart. And we just ask you to check it on the back of this card. The box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. All right. Okay, number two. How do you pray about your problems. The second thing I like to say is this, is that you ask God to give you 
a personal word for your situation. Would you write that down? Word. Ask God to give you a personal word for your situation. Speak to me, O God, is what we're saying here. And so, let me say that word, that rhema word, that word, you know, that thought that comes through to you. And you're having this thought. You say, Pastor, how do I know if that's coming from God? I'll tell you how. Is that it's aligning with God's word. Now listen, don't be like the guy that, you know, was praying about something, he had a big problem, and he just decided he would flip his Bible, you know, right open and, and put his finger down and go, you know, okay, wherever my finger lands, and God, that's going to be your word for me today. And guess what? As soon as his finger landed, it went, Judas went out and hanged himself. He said, oh, well, that didn't work. Let me try it again. Go and do likewise. <laughs> that's very dangerous. And some people live their lives that carelessly, their spiritual life. And I want to tell you, that is not God's will for your life. And I want you to know that. So don't pray like that. How do you know? It aligns with God's Word. It aligns with God's Word. Not just one verse, all of God's Word. And so I want to tell you, that's how you know it is God's will. Now, I want to, tell you, I want to give you a secret here today. Matter of fact, you may want to pull out your cell phone for this because you might want to put this in your contacts. I want to give you God's personal cell number today. You didn't know that? Okay. Listen, man, we're connected. Remember, we want you to have the best life ever, right? So I'm going to give you God's personal cell number. Here it is. You ready? Jeremiah 33 and 3. It's on your outline. There's the scripture. Look what it says. This is God's personal cell number. Look what he says, call to me and I will what? I will answer you. He didn't say call to me and I'll go, huh, I ain't talking to them. God, God's not like you. you got to understand, God is not like you. If you could get that through your mind and in your heart, then your life would be better. God is not like you. So when you call God, he doesn't say, okay, well, I don't recognize a number. Uh, we're going to let that call away. We're going to go to voicemail. No, God, God will answer you. He is God. He will answer you is what he says. He goes on to say, I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. God says, I'm a, listen, God says, I'm going to show you something different. You've got to know what's different. You've got to have a different idea to get better, right? I mean, there has to be a solution you're not seeing. God says, I'm going to show you something that you don't know. If you'll call out to me, I'm going to show you something that you don't know. All right. So let me just say this to you today. How does God speak to you? Well, there's many ways that God speaks to you. One of those is like, you know, we have connect groups here. I hope that you will sign up. There's a, there's a catalog inside of your program. Why is that? Because there's been many times I've been sitting in a connect group with people that I hardly knew at the time. And one of them, I had been praying about something, and one of them would just say something. They didn't even know. They had no idea. I had not told them. They would just say something, and I knew what they said was a word to me. And it gave me strength. It was a rhema word. God spoke to me through that. You see, there's many times that maybe you're reading the Bible. Again, the same thing happens. You just read the Bible, and it's God speaks directly to you. And there's many times you sit in church like this. You're in a church sitting, and you come in, and you know what? Again, I'm talking, or someone up here is talking, or singing a song, and it's like, you know, we have no idea what you're going through, but all of a sudden it lands right with you. It's a rhema word for you, a promise from God, an answer to your prayer. This happened last week. There was a man that emailed me last week. He said, Pastor Jeff, I want to tell you, he said, you know, last week when you were preaching, he said, you said whenever there's an argument that we should do something very silly, you said we should stop, drop, and pray. He said, I want to tell you, I really thought that was about the silliest thing I've ever heard you say. 
He said, but I want to tell you, Monday afternoon I was uh, with my family and uh, my wife and my son was with me and we were having, he said, a discussion to where his words were, the energy got very high. In other words, we was fussing and fighting. He said, all of a sudden, he said, I remembered your words. Stop, drop, and pray. He said, while my, my wife and my son were very, they were at each other, and they, it was really hot. He said, I just jumped up off the sofa, went right down on my knees, and I started praying right there. Dear God, he said, when I did that, them two just stopped immediately. He said, they looked at each other, and they just burst out into laughter. And he said, I will tell you that this family discussion that we had was very peaceful from that moment on. You know what? That was silly, but when he was sitting there on that sofa in the moment, guess what? The Holy Spirit's job is what? To teach me, remind me, and guide me. And the Holy Spirit gave him a rhema word for that moment, and guess what? His family was able to go to bed in peace that night. And so I want to encourage you, what is God doing to you in your lives as we're going through this time of prayer and fasting? We have one more week of our Daniel fast. What is God doing to you? I want you, here's my email address. You can email me. I'd love to know what God is doing in your life. If there's something that he's doing in your life, please email me. And by the way, I don't ever tell any stories that I don't get permission for. So if you email me something that's personal, then guess what? It will be personal. If I ever want to share a story that you share with me, I will contact you and make sure it's okay with you first. So never worry about me embarrassing you. I know some of you say, you might get up there and tell everything. No, no, no. It's only those things that are uh, approved. And so I want to share with you, you know, so here, remember we said our homes would be, that our homes would be homes of hope. What does that mean? Home of prayer every day. What is hope? Home of prayer every day. So I'm asking you through this whole month to circle up with your family, say a prayer with your family. And you know, if you don't know what to pray, pray the perfect prayer. What is the perfect prayer? It's the Lord's prayer. Matthew chapter 6, you know, pull it up on your smartphone and read it with your family. And it will bring peace to your home. Your home will have hope when there's prayer in your home. The other thing I would say to you is this, that it is our desire this year. You know, we had a men's conference yesterday. We had 120 men show up yesterday to a men's conference. Wasn't that awesome? I mean, that's just fantastic. Then, you know, we want, it, we want you to go up so we understand you can't do better, be better till you know better. And so we're having a marriage conference. Jimmy Evans is going to do a marriage conference here. It's going to be satellite. He's going to do it here on February the uh, 10th and 11th. And you need to be a part of that. If you're married, you say, well, I've been married for 40 years. That's why you need to be here. You've got habits that need to be break. You can't do better, be better till you know better. And you're not listening to him anymore. And he's not listening to you. So you've got to have somebody speak into your life, a rhema word into your marriage. And listen, we're giving you that opportunity. And so I want to encourage you to be here. Man, man whatever you've got to do, make plans to be here so that you can get better. I want to encourage that. Anybody that's thinking about getting married, be here. Uh, I want to encourage you with that. Okay. Now, let's go to number three. You ready? Number three, remember this, how to pray about a problem. Write this down. Stand on God's promise to you with confidence. When you get a word from God, you stand on that promise. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be times that you're going to pray for things that you're going to feel like God is saying something to you, even that something's going to happen that hasn't happened. And it's like God gives you the answer before it ever happens. Now, let me explain it this way. Remember in math class how the, the teacher would put the equation up on the board? She would put the problem up on the board. 
And then she would give you the answer, write the answer. He or she would write the answer right up under, her, under it and say, here's the problem, here's the answer. I'm like, hey, this class is over, good. Oh, no, it's not over. What do they do? They tell you, we want you to work out the equation. We want you to work this problem out. Tell us how we got to the answer. I'm like, that's pointless. <laughs> here's the answer, you know. So many times in our lives, God will show us a picture of the future in our minds. I mean, it's like you'll get this vision of like how things are going to be better. And you don't know, but, but he doesn't give you, you have to go through the equation still. You have to let time play out because, but if God gives you the picture, you hold on to the picture, right? I can tell you there was a time that I was, go, that our family was going through about 10 years ago, a horrible struggle. And things had happened in our family that I didn't know how to deal with. And I was praying, God, help me, show me, do something. And I'll be honest with you, it was the lowest point in my life. And I was hurting so bad. I had this problem was so big. And I could take you to the place of about 6.20 in the morning that I was praying. I said, God, you've got to help me with this. I don't know what to do. And immediately, it seemed like when I took a breath and I stopped, all of a sudden I saw a picture of what, it was a picture of the problem that I was praying about, but it was a, it was a positive ending to the problem. I saw a picture. In my mind's eyes, like I saw the future. And you know what? That's been 10 years ago, and that problem is still here. But I want to tell you what. Every day I get up, I start looking. God, is today the day that you're going to bring that to pass? You say, well, what do you do next year? I'll tell you what. If it hadn't come to pass next year, the next year I get up, I'll say, God, is this the year that this is coming to pass? Because let me tell you something. You see, you, can, you can't, you cannot, you cannot... Until you see things differently, you will never see them differently. Amen? That's why I have this on the screen. Look what it says. It's on the screen that says this. When you receive God's promise, it changes the picture in your mind of the future. And the problem that many of you have today is that your problem can't get better because in your mind, you've got it never getting better. You only see it. Matter of fact, when you see a problem, you see it getting worse. You don't see it getting better. And until you change how you see things, you'll never see it differently. And so through prayer, when you begin to pray, you say, God, I want you to show me how this is going to end up. I want you to give me a better picture. And God will give you a positive picture of the future and show you that with him, things can change. Your marriage is never going to get better as long as you keep thinking it stinks and it's never going to get better. Your children are never going to get better as long as you think this stinks and it's never going to get better. Your job is never going to get better until you change your attitude and the way you see it and say, God, thank you for this job I know it's gonna get better amen that's good preaching whether you like it or not we have to see things differently you have to get a new vision that takes me to number four if we're gonna trust with our God with our problems we're gonna learn how to pray about our problems then number four we have to trust God with the outcome we have to trust God with the outcome the Bible says it's in Proverbs. While your eyes are down, look at the outline. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own what? Okay, what does that mean? How do you know when you're leaning on your own understanding? How do you know that? I'll tell you how. When, it's something gets, when your problem gets on your mind and that's all you think about all the time, all the time, all the time, it keeps you up at night, you're, you're losing weight because of it, you can't eat, you're grumpy, and, and you're, you're miserable. 
That's how you know you lean on your own understanding. You're just thinking about it all the time. But he goes on to say this. He says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. That's how you do it. That, that's what you do. So this, what is he telling us? God is saying this to us. This is what this verse says. Now you got to listen. If you want to get the last part for him to work it out, you got to get the first part. He's saying, okay, you do all you can do. And when you've done all you can do, God will do what you cannot do. Did you hear that? Now the problem is with many people today is they're not willing to do what they can do. Listen, get off your tail and go fill out the job application. Amen? Don't, oh, I'm just praying for a job. God, I'm trusting you for a job. And you haven't even filled out an application yet? Listen, man, that's not faith. That's stupidity. God's not answering that prayer. Some of you right now, some of you are going through financial struggles. You've been going through it for years. And listen, they're inside of your program right now. There's a sheet that has Financial Peace University on it that will help you what? It'll help you know what's better. It'll help you be better, do better, because you'll know better. See, you don't know what to, how to fix this problem. And if you would go through Financial Peace University, we could help you get your finances in order. And guess what? God could bless you. But until you do what you can do, God is not going to do what you can do. Did you hear? God is not going to do what you can do. Some of you need to go to marriage counseling. Guess what? God is not going to do what you can do. He is not going to do what you can do. So the question is, have I done all I can do? Now, there's some people in this room, you've done all that you can do. You can't do anything else, and you've got a problem. You know what it is? Is that you keep trying even though you've done all you can do, and then you're driving yourself crazy. So you have to watch this. If you've done all you can do, at that point, you've got to stand and say, God, I trust you with this. I want to get personal with you. I don't know that I've ever told this story, but when I was praying to become a pastor, I had been a student pastor for years, and shoot, every pastor I went to work for got a promotion and left me. And every time that another pastor come in, he wanted to get his own guy in, so I had to go. So I said, God, I guess if I'm the pastor of a church, then I guess, God, that I could say, have a say about my future. And so I said, God, I'll go to any church you want me to go to. I'll be the pastor anywhere in this world that you want me to. I just ask you to let me go and stay the rest of my life. And you know what? I started praying and I started writing. You know where I ended up? Years ago, I ended up in, in, the, in the west side of Rockville County is where I ended up. I was praying, and there's a little church building there. It's about 35 people, and it was in a little block, a little bit. I mean, it wouldn't even fit in. The whole building wouldn't fit in this room. And I said, I mean, it would fit in this room by about twice. And I said, God, this is what I, I, Lord, is this where you want me to go? I'll go anywhere. And I brought Rhonda. I thought she'd be excited. I said, Rhonda, I think God has spoken to us about where God wants us to go to be the pastor of a church at. She got in the car with me. I drove her over there. She said, I don't know about this. This ain't no bigger than my house. You know what I'm saying? It's a shoebox here. No, but Rhonda, I know. God's giving me a dream. God's going to help us reach hundreds of people. I know this. And so we pray. You know what? So actually, I went and sat down with the pastor there. And I said, listen, you know what? I want to tell you something. I've been praying, and I want you to know that I, God has spoken to me, and I'm supposed to be the pastor of this church. He was retirement age, and I thought he was going to say, you know what, I'm about to retire next week, so you can have it. But he said, hey, in about five years, you know what, you're the man. You missed the will of God, sir. It wasn't. We become the pastors of the church in Forest Park. You know, 21 years ago, this church started in Forest Park. 
I'm like, when we pulled up there, I'm like, this ain't it. I'm supposed to be on the west side of Conjure. I don't know, or the west side of Rockdale County. I don't know what this is. So we took the church. I said, God, I can't say this is your will. I don't know. And so our church was there two years in Forest Park, and then we moved from there to Rex, Georgia. We were there four years. Then we moved into a school for two years while we built this building, and then we were here. We've been here for over 13 years. And you know what amazed me is that when we were here in our 13th year, we had a horrible time. It was horrible. We just built this building. I wish I could tell you things are great around here now, but they weren't that way then. It was horrible. After we moved in, you know, uh, the people started leaving our church, and I was a horrible leader. It was bad. Our finances stunk. I mean, as a matter of fact, my secretary came in one week and said, Pastor, I know you know that our finances are bad. I said, yeah, I know that. She said, well, I want to tell you, we got $8,000 in the bank, and our payment's $8,300, and uh, we have the staff salary to pay, and that's all we got. And so, bottom line, we're going under. And I had tried everything in me. Every, I had done everything inside of me. I'd worked hard, 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 hard. And I'd done it all. I almost had about three heart attacks through that time. I'm not even kidding you. And I got to the point when she walked out of my office, I said, God, I want you to know I'm sorry. Now, of course, I'm weeping. I'm sorry. I have failed you as a leader. And I want you to know that next week I'm going to stand on this stage. I'm going to stand on that stage in there. And I'm going to tell these people, I have failed. You have not. And we're going to sell this building. And uh, we're no longer going to be a church here. And I'm going to move back to my hometown, move Rhonda back to her parents. And I'm no longer going to be a pastor. I never want to be a pastor again. I'm going to be a Christian. I want to go to heaven. But I am never going to be a pastor again. I'm done, God. I failed you. Fifteen minutes later, now I'm, I'm, I'm a mess, okay, because my life has just ended, basically. Three men walked to come into the church door. My secretary rings my office and there's three men here to see you. I go out and say, how are you doing? They said, well, we're doing good. So I think they want to look at the building. I bring them in this building. I say, hey, I bring them in this room. I said, turn on the lights. They said, Pastor, we love your building. But we're here today to buy a property that you own. I said, what are you talking about? The the property we had in Forest Park, we owner financed that property. And the people that bought it from us went bankrupt. We couldn't touch them. We were told we'd never get our money out of it. And they said, we want you to know something, Pastor. We're here to buy that property. And I want you to know something. Within two weeks, we had $157,000 in our account that carried us through that very difficult time. You know what they said? When I said to God, I'm done, God said, I'm glad because I'm not. Amen? God said, I'm not. I'm not done. And then from that day, I remember, you know, God pulled us through. I'm like, hallelujah, God. I guess I won't resign, Lord. You're with me. And then I was driving. I left here and I drove over to, over to Conyers, over to Rockdale. And I realized that church that God had taken me to is still there. It's only four miles away from here. And God was saying, Jeff, what I put in your heart over 22 years ago is here today. I want you to know I've called you to this area. You're the man of God for this area. And this church is to thrive. And we're here right now in the area that God's called to. you got to trust God with the outcome. Amen. It ain't when you say it's over, it's not over. It's not over until God says it's over. I'm looking at you right now. I want to tell you, it's not over. It's not over. You're not done. There's a God in heaven. He's got all the money in the world. He's got what the power that you need. He will save you and rescue your family. You hold on to God. It ain't over.
Your kids are not done. You're not done. Your parents are not done. Your job's not done because God's not done. I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Have you done all you can do? If you know you hadn't, then your assignment from this day forward is to go out there and do what you know to do. But I got another one for you. Here it is. If you haven't done, if you haven't done, or if you've done all that you know to do, then your job, listen, you stop trying and you start trusting. Because until you get to the end of you, you'll never find the beginning of him. He's got a miracle. Well, I'm preaching better than you're amening. So I got on the next step. Here it is. The next step. It says this. It says, I will do my best to do what God, what I can do and trust God to do what I can't do. I'm going to ask you, are you willing to do that? Because you're going to have a moment in your life where you've got to make that decision. I'm going to do what I can do, but I'm going to trust God to do what I can. You can't change that man or woman you're married to. You can't change that child. You can't change that employer, but God can. So if you've done all you know to do, today's the day you turn it over to Him. And we're about to do something here. We're about to take Holy Communion. Because Holy Communion is all about this. It's all about it ain't over until God says it's over. Remember, Jesus said on the cross, Jesus on the, before he went to the cross, he told those disciples, he said, you're going to remember me. And what you're going to remember is it ain't over. On Friday when he was on the cross, everybody said it's over. But on Sunday, he got up out of the grave. And that's what we remember. Would you, as we begin to sing this song, would you just take out that little cup of, of communion, the elements? I want you to reflect on your life. If there's anything wrong in your life, you're going to ask God to forgive you. If you're doing something you shouldn't do, right now you ask God to forgive you. And then if there's something you need to do, you tell God, I've got it, and I'll go do it. And we're going to take communion. Would you just keep your seats and keep your heads bowed as we begin this song? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.